Hello, I'm Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to another episode of the Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week I have interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. In this episode, I have a great discussion with Connecticut attorney Jay Ruane. Jay's firm handles civil rights cases as well as criminal defense matters. In this episode, we talk a little bit about the power of social media and the longer part of the episode, we talk about coming out of the pandemic, returning to some sense of normalcy and what that looks like for him, for me and for the rest of us. We think you'll enjoy this most informative podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five star rating and a review and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. Okay, good morning. I want to welcome everybody to our weekly Nomberg Law Live. This is my favorite part of every week. I get to have interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And my guest and friend today is one such fella, Jay Ruane with the Ruane Law Firm with multiple offices in Connecticut. Jay, thank you for making some time for us today. I'm glad that you uh, be able to spend a little time with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. This is going to be great. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and guys, whether you know Jay in real life in Connecticut or you know him virtually through social media, he's one of those guys you need to know. You need to follow him. He's got, he and another lawyer, Seth Price, host a week, is it weekly or bi-weekly? Weekly. Weekly uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's weekly. It's at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Well, it's, I'm just, I'm telling you guys, trust me on this. Whether you're in the law or a professional, whatever you do, anything dealing with social media, you need to be following Jay and what his firm does. And we're going to talk a little bit about social media, but we're really going to kind of pivot our topic today. Different parts of the country, different states are in different places when it comes to coming out of the pandemic and what each state's laws are requiring. Jay's up in Connecticut. Of course, I'm in Alabama. And so we're really going to focus on coming out of the pandemic and what that life work balance looks like these days. But Jay, before we jump into those things, please share a little bit about your firm and your practice and what you guys do in Connecticut. So I run a criminal defense firm in Connecticut, and in the last uh, five years or so, and maybe 10, we've been starting to pivot also into civil rights work. So that's really where our focus is. Um, you know, we had a general practice firm. We handled some PI in the past, handled some family law. But, you know, my passion wasn't with that. And as I aged into this practice, uh, I started to say, let's jettison off the things that I don't feel passionate about and really focus on the stuff that I do. Uh, and that comes down to criminal defense, uh, post-conviction cases, as well as uh, the civil rights stuff. And so that's that's where we are heading our firm, uh, which is kind of nice. My father started the firm years ago. Uh, he was a criminal defense lawyer. He did capital penalty uh, capital death cases. That was his. Uh, that was his um, area of practice. Um, I became a DUI lawyer. You know, I, I developed a reputation around the country. And our young lawyers. You know, I've been very lucky. In the last couple of years, we've helped a number of gentlemen 
get out from uh, uh, on wrongful conviction cases uh, to persons convicted of murder serving, you know, multiple decades we've been able to walk out of jail uh, and I've been working on those things and and so now we've got some young lawyers that are doing civil rights work uh, that's really exciting and I'm excited about our future uh, and where we're going with it. Excellent and that's always great to hear that when a law firm uh, figures out when it should pivot and how to pivot because if you don't like anything else in life you're gonna just get stale and become non-existent you're not going to be able to fulfill those things that you want to do in life. But Phyllis, thank you for sharing about your, your firm, Jay. Jay, let's talk a little bit about why I want to spend about five minutes talking about the power of, of social media before we sure. really get into the meat of our topic. You do such a beautiful job of reaching so many people. You share so much about yourself. What is it? And it may be obvious to people who are watching this, but it's not so obvious to those of us who do this for a living sometimes. What is the importance of social media these days? Because it's an ever evolving and moving target, if you will, to try to reach as many people as you can. What is it that for you guys, what, is the, what does it mean for social media and its powers? Well, one of the wonderful things about social media that I think a lot of people miss is that social media is most like traditional legal marketing. You know, back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, before lawyers could even advertise, uh, lawyers got cases by being well-known in their community, by having an expertise that people would seek them out for, uh, and, and by networking. And in the modern day, right, you know, it used to be people would work nine to five, go home at five o'clock. You didn't have all these different pulls, you know, kids are out in the neighborhood. Now we've got soccer leagues and baseball and, and dance competitions, and you're constantly being pulled in a million different directions. Yeah. And, and as a result, we can rely on technology to keep us connected to our community. And that's a wonderful thing if you do it right. I mean, it's not great if you sort of go down these rabbit holes, but, but you can use social media sort of as a way to reconnect with your local audience, reconnect with your local network, and use traditional marketing techniques that lawyers have used for decades to be able to accomplish that. Uh, and so that's, that's how we encourage people to use social media. That's how we do it uh, ourselves. Well, Jay, it is much probably like your father's experience. Oops, I'm sorry here. My, uh, our dad began his practice in South Alabama in the late 60s. And of course, in most states around the country, it was completely forbidden and taboo to do any type of, of marketing except maybe list your firm in the traditional yellow pages. And then in different states at different parts of the, the, uh, the time periods coming forward, some lawyers pushed the envelope and pushed and pushed and pushed, and they may have been sued or they may have had ethics charges brought against them or whatever, or, or code of uh, professional responsibilities, whatever it is. They were the ones who pushed the bar, and it allowed the rest of us to create our own versions of social media. And while our firm is never, a dad who's, who's very much happily retired will tell you you're never going to want to see us, our firm, on a billboard or on television. That's just not the style that dad ever wanted or, or hopes for us. He's of counsel, and now we kind of educate him on what we do on social, and he sees, you know, like this show that we do. And there's so many different ways to do this these days. And I think that 
for any lawyer who is now retired and kind of keeps up with what their former firm used to do, it may be a little mind boggling to see because it does for me and I'm practicing and doing this every day, but it is, it's, it's so true. The power and the reach of anything that you do on social media, uh, you can just get it right here on your, your phone 24, 24 seven. So I guess what I guess what I'm trying to say is you really, as you as each law firm has to figure out its voice and not just be spammy and, and Hey, right. pick me. We have all these great case results and things. And that's, I think that's the thing that turns me off as a professional doing this. I, I don't like to see it when firms yell out, we have settlements of $14 billion. And I don't know, maybe that's just beating the chest too much, but that's just my, my, my take on that. Do you see that much in Connecticut, that kind of advertising? Yes, we do. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it is, you know, the least effective thing you can do on social media. I mean, think of it like, you know, you go to a cocktail party, right? And you're, you're at somebody's house and there's different groups in different areas of the house and everyone's sort of talking and you're in the kitchen and you're maybe you're talking about Alabama football, right? And some guy comes walking in and he's Jack Smith. I sell car insurance, auto insurance, you know, life insurance, whatever insurance you need. And he bounces from group to group. And all he's doing is talking about himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's going to see this guy coming then as soon as you can get rid of them or push them out of your group, you're going to push them away and you're not going to remember him. But if you have a conversation with somebody and you happen to sell insurance and it comes up naturally in the context of the conversation, um, you might be more inclined to buy from that person. And so that's what I really want to encourage people to do on social media is, is don't make it all about yourself. Make it about the other people. Find ways to connect with people. You know, we like to say at at FirmFlex, my social media agency, that there are four main topics that people like to talk about. It's sports, it's travel, it's food, and it's pets. And you can pretty much connect with anybody on any, on on those topics and make it, allow them to talk uh, and, and then allow yourself to be a real person, you know, especially for lawyers in your audience, but really for anybody. Uh, I mean, even for, for me, an auto mechanic is intimidating, right? Because I don't know a thing about cars. And so I'm nervous when I go into that auto body shop yes. uh, because not that I think that the guy's going to rip me off, but, uh, you know, I don't know a thing about it. And, and it's embarrassing and it's intimidating. And so if, you, if that guy can make himself more approachable to me uh, or that woman who owns, you know, you know any sort of retail shop, um, can make herself more approachable to me uh, and, and, and reduce that barrier of nervousness and anxiety, it's going to make me uh, really want to be in business with them. And so that's what you can do with social media. Oh, it's, it's so true. And of course, you and I could talk for the next couple of hours about the powers of social media and the approach from a person-to-person standpoint. But we'll save that, that conversation for maybe the next time you come on the show or we have an sure. opportunity to talk. But guys, I'm talking with Jay Ruane with Ruane Attorneys at Law in Connecticut. They have multiple offices. They do civil rights work. They do a lot of criminal defense work. But Jay also does such a beautiful job with social media. And that's what we've been talking about. But we're going to pivot for the next several minutes because each state around the country is in probably in different levels or different states of becoming or reaching herd immunity. And as, as such, the governors of each state have created their own rules for the people who live within their states. Governor Ivey here in Alabama just yesterday announced that as of July 6th, all of the current safer apart 
and emergency state orders that have been going on since last March, over a year, are going to come to a conclusion July 6th. So basically, we're going to be wide open as of then. I'm very thankful, at least through then, the way that she's taken this approach. But we're in Alabama, and in the South, it's a little different. We're a little more open than they are in the Northeast, where Jay is in Connecticut. Jay, currently, where do you guys uh, sit by way of social distancing and maybe state or county city laws? And then what I want to, from there, I want to talk about the emerging out of this pandemic, that work-life balance. You know, we're just now getting comfortable, I, I say comfortable, for the last 15 to 16 months. But where do you see things going from there? Okay, so let's unpack that because there's a lot there. I mean, yeah. you know, the interesting thing about Connecticut is that, you know, we were one of the first states hit and our governor really sort of locked down our state in connection with New York and New Jersey because we, you know, most of, half of Connecticut at least is a suburb of New York City. Uh, and so, uh, and that's and that's really something uh, interesting and we'll, we'll talk about that briefly. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, Ours, we're, we're really not open yet. I mean, we've got some semblance of it, but movie theaters, barbershops, and, and stuff like that are not open yet. Bars aren't open yet uh, in any full degree. They say, uh, they announced as of May 19th, uh, things are going to be able to be open. Bars will be able to be open, but we'll still have mask mandates, and they don't know when they're going to uh, let that go. Um, and But we're also hearing from some employers that they're waiting and they're taking it easy as they start to reopen offices. I mean, our office uh, in Connecticut, our offices in Connecticut have been closed uh, for 14 months now. Uh, and we just made the decision that we're going to move uh, into uh, a, a split session where half the office comes in uh, a couple days a week and the other half. So Monday, Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday for one group, Thursday, Friday for the other, and the following week split it off. So we're going to reduce our our capacity in our offices. Um, but that you know, it's it's you have to find what's comfortable for every for every person that's involved. And you know, we had some at risk people in our office uh, that we wanted to make sure that we protected them because our people are very important to our practice. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure that we had. Uh, the, the right team coming out of this and, and coming out of it is something that I think a lot of people have to sort of think about where they are when I go, you know, we, you talked about my show with Seth, where we talk about growing your law firm mm -hmm. and growth is great if that's what you want. And, and I think the last year has really enabled people and, and we've seen a significant portion of the, of the population say, you know what, I'm going to retire now. Uh, you know, the, the, the older boomer population, they've just decided, hey, you know what, it's time from it's time for me to just retire and, and start to live my life uh, in retirement and, and enjoy what years I have left. Um, and, but even for us, you know, we're still actively in the workforce. I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to continue to grow if you're happy with where you are and it allows you to do other things. I, I know in my neighborhood alone, and as, as I look down the street, um, I've got seven guys uh, and women who work in Manhattan. And it's about an hour commute from our home uh, on the train into the city uh, and then down into the financial district where they work. So it's an hour each way every day. And they've had a year where they've clawed back that time. And so they're having breakfast with their kids. They're not leaving in the darkness. They're having dinner with their kids every night, which they weren't able to do before. And a lot of them are saying to me, you know, I, I was on that hamster wheel 
But now that I'm off it, I don't know if I want to get back on it. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's, you know, one of the great things that's coming out of COVID, if you can say there are a few things, is the fact that it, because it was extended for so long, I think it gave a lot of people an opportunity to say, you know what, I, I can make changes in my life now that can make the next 10 years or 20 years better long-term. And for me at our firm, you know, we decided we are not going to chase other practice areas. You know, we, we decided early on in COVID when people started pivoting and added practice groups because they were afraid of the sky was falling. Um, we said, you know what? No, let's focus. Let's do our, what we do well. Uh, and let's have a life outside of this, you know, and, and, you know, I, I really enjoy coaching my kids baseball team and taking my daughter to dance class and, uh, you know, working from home uh, a couple days a week so I can get on my Peloton and, and ride that thing and, uh, and, and things that otherwise I would have been up and out the door to get into work and go, go, go. And now I, I have a little better perspective. And I think that's, you know, uh, th there's something about with this, this mythical work-life balance thing that there truly isn't necessarily a balance. Uh, and, and it's a big reset is what it's yeah. done for a lot of people. You're, you're so right. One of uh, some of the things that my brother, who's my law partner, and I figured out, we, we have a small firm. We actually added two lawyers last year um, and brought in a, a practice area that we thought would be beneficial to the public and would complement our practice. And we also have, have figured out that you don't have to sit behind a desk to practice law as, as much as you really thought you did. You're right, working from home uh, has been um, a change, but we, we adapted like everyone who is in our profession has had to figure, figure it out. But one of the things that I think has also been reset with, with those mindsets is your level of, of comfortability about being in public. We've allowed our, or the members of our firm have, if you want to work at home one day, we've got it all set up for you to work at home and many have taken advantage of that and we we encourage that even we've been doing that actually for four or five years and the productivity we have found it in fact it's not less it's actually more because they're working uh i wouldn't say longer hours but maybe deeper into a day they may take a break during the middle of the afternoon where they wouldn't if they were here but it gets them recharged but here's Here's one of the things that I'm reading more and more about is, is two things in the employment setting. What if I, I work in a state that's at will employment like Alabama is, and my employer is requiring me to have a vaccine? And let's say it's a business, Jay, that interacts with the public. Let's say you work the counter at an auto parts dealership and you're the frontline cashier. Can you be terminated? Or let go of your job. Well, unless you have a federally protected, uh, and you know this from you all doing these civil rights types cases, if it unless it's a legitimate uh, health medical reason or religious based reason, not just because you fear the vaccine or something like that, you can be let go of your your job. Now, along those lines, what about where we have the big box stores, the WalMarts, the Targets, the wherever, you know, that are all over the country. And what if, and this is a little bit different than what we're talking about, but they may require you to wear a mask 
to come into their place of business. But what if state law no longer requires that? Uh, there's going to be a lot of this between yeah. management and people who are working the counters and working the front doors with the general public. And I just, you just know those issues are coming and those cases are going to be coming in your door if they hadn't already started sometime soon. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I talked to an employment lawyer about the issue of mandatory vaccines uh, and, and his response generally was because the vaccines are only approved under emergency use authorization, that uh, an employer can't really require them because they are not uh, officially sanctioned, I guess, as regular vaccines. But once they are re regular vaccines, it's something that an employer can do. And and what I think, I at least I'm hearing, is that uh, a lot of restaurants up here, because people are anxious about uh, other people breathing on their food and that type of thing, is that they're just making masks part of their standard uniform. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, folks, our uniform is a blue shirt and a mask. Yeah. Uh, and so I think you're going to see that more and more. Uh, and it may be in some maybe the higher end places, uh, you know, that type of thing. But it's, uh, there's definitely some changes coming out of COVID. I mean, I know if you travel in Asia, a lot of people wear masks all the time. It's just normal. Uh, and I think there might be some normalization of that. And of course, everyone's got to, you know, make their decisions on their own. Uh, you know, we, we've got uh, the CDC saying, that you uh, don't need to necessarily wear a mask if you're vaccinated and you're outdoors and away from people. But my uh, little league up here in Connecticut uh, is still requiring me to wear a mask when I'm outside on the pitcher's mound pitching to my seven-year-olds. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are, I mean, I'm, I'm not close to them at all, but I still have to wear a mask when I'm pitching and I'm outside, even though CDC. So it's, it, you know, that's part of the problem. There, there's a lot of opinions and a lot of rational science on both sides uh, on some of these issues here, and, and you're going to get conflict no matter what. Yeah, you you are. You're going to get conflict no matter no matter what. One of the the things that I have enjoyed, our restaurants in our state have slowly elevated the um, attendance permission. You know, the people who come to eat in the restaurants. But early on, and this is one of the things that I really like, is more and more restaurants have adopted outdoor dining. And I truly, I'm just now getting back into restaurants inside. I have truly enjoyed having all of these outdoor experiences. In fact, the footprint of, of downtown Birmingham, there's many, many restaurants and almost all of them now have outdoor dining. And in fact, they've closed down on certain weekends, they'll close down certain drive through streets and just made it foot traffic. And I'm really hoping wow. that that has uh, caught the attention of our mayor and, and others that I would love for some of these streets to just be pedestrian traffic and, and get rid of some of the car lanes. But that that's another day. But I think uh, talking about some of the things that have been beneficial or been good to come out of this is maybe they're rethinking uh, some of the those experiences for the public. Uh, and Jay, we've got just a, a few more minutes. Let's talk about, to the extent that you want to share, I know you've got a bunch of little ones in the house. You're trying to practice law in the house. You're trying to exercise in the house. And how, from a, a balance of now trying to get out of the office 
I mean, getting out of the house and back into somewhat of a routine at your brick and mortar uh, locations in different parts of the state, that's going to take, that's going to be tricky with the kids back in school and, and you guys used to your new uh, routine that has evolved. How is that going to play out or is that in, uh, evolving as we speak? Well, it's, I think it's always going to be an, an evolution. And one of the things that I really reflected on over the last uh, couple of years, and especially in the last 14 months, is this concept of work-life balance. Uh, and everyone thinks that balance means that things sort of break out evenly across the board. So, you know, eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, eight hours for your family, that type of thing. Um, and, and in reality, balance is boring. Uh, nobody, nobody goes to Disneyland to ride the tram around the parking lot, which doesn't go up or down, sort of stays the same pace, yeah. that type of thing. They go for Space Mountain, right? Mm -hmm. They go for the, the highs and the lows and the speed. Mm -hmm. And so what I really am trying to get to is a position of work-life engagement, knowing that there are going to be times where I have to be fully invested in my work, mm -hmm. where I'm working 60, 70 hours on, in a week mm -hmm. on a particular topic. I want to also, you know, be as fully engaged with my family when I am not with my work, when I am with my family, uh, and I want to, I want to give them as much engagement, and also to myself, I need to find time to fully engage with my own personal health and my mental well-being and that type of thing. And instead of just, you know, sitting on the couch and letting days pass by, I want, I, I want to avoid trying to chase this mythical balance, and instead find engagement in whatever I am actively in and then make sure that there is sufficient of all of my categories. So my personal life, my family life, my work life, my social life. I want to make sure that uh, I, I, I'm devoting enough time to each. And when I'm in it, I am fully vested. You know, that's such a, a meaningful thing for you to say that. And along with what I'm calling the big reset, resetting your, not necessarily your values, I don't mean that, but maybe your priorities or figuring out how you can be more efficient, whereas it may used to take you, and that maybe that just comes with maturity and, and practicing law a little bit longer uh, and having some of those experiences, but there's so many ways to emerge out of this pandemic, whether it's your personal life or your professional life or whatever it is, you can kind of recreate yourself a little bit. You can you can get rid of some of those things that you didn't like about yourself, your practice, whatever. And I hope, I just hope that people have taken advantage of that. But a lot of times, and, and again, most people will only show you, uh, for example, on Instagram, those great Instagram photos. They're never going to show you the crappy ones or the right. where they're arguing with the, the photographer. That's a bad angle or whatever. But you know, you don't see that the, the behind the scenes things. I just hope that people are figuring out those behind the scenes things and are being able to put forth their, their best efforts and enjoy life a little bit more, settle down or calm down a little bit, maybe not as stressful. Gosh, we've been doing this 16 months and we still have more months to go. And as we conclude here, Jay, and I'm just kind of uh, rambling. I really want to hear more from you than from me, of course, but what two or three things would you suggest or recommend to, to professionals coming out of the pandemic in the upcoming weeks and months? And you've, you've probably hit on some of that already, but 
what are some things to maybe take into consideration as they're trying to figure out that proper balance for themselves? So here's here's a funny story. Uh, every every other year, my family goes down to South Carolina Isle of Palms, uh, gets oh, a beach house, place. gets a beach house, and we do a big family reunion on my mother's side. About a hundred of us all together, uh, and all my mother was one of seven children, so they're all kids, grandkids, that type of thing. I think my kids are you know in a class of like forty five kids under twenty, uh, so they get to play with all their second cousins, and they have a blast. Um, and, and the interesting thing about that is every year we go and, uh, and, and every family sort of takes pictures on the beach and that becomes your Christmas card picture, right? So uh, two years ago, um, we were down at the beach uh, and we were having our Christmas card picture at the same time my cousin Andrew was having his family's Christmas card picture taken. Uh, my cousin Rob had his family there and they were taking my cousin Laura. So it was funny. We each had photographers with us. And we were all in the general area of each other, right? And so we're trying to set up to take the picture. And every father is yelling at the kids to get in the right space. Every kid is crying. Uh, they're complaining about the bugs on the sand or that they sat on a shell and now they're, they're stepped on a shell and their foot hurts. And it's and inevitably, all four of these families are going through the same torture trying to get that one nice Christmas card picture that you can send to all your friends and your family. And fast forward six months later, I get the pictures and you can see, you know, the one, everyone's smiling and it's a beautiful picture and the sun setting, that type of thing. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, I remember that day. And she goes, oh yeah, our kids were terrible trying to get that picture done. I'm like, yeah, they were. I said, but everybody's was. But now look at the pictures. You wouldn't see that in these pictures. You wouldn't see the tough times in these pictures because there's a natural tendency of us to just put out the good stuff in social media uh, and put out the good stuff to our friends. What we all have gone through in the last 14 months is the bad stuff right? Where we were separated from the ones we love, where we weren't able to do the things that we love, where we lost the people uh, that made an impact on our lives and that type of thing. But one thing is that we have all gone through it. And so, yes, you can have a smile on your face, but recognize you've now got something that in common with everybody, absolutely everybody. And if nothing else, you can form that common ground to develop deeper relationships. And that's really what it's all about. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, no matter if you what you believe in spiritually, religiously, that type of thing, <clears throat> there is a place in everyone's heart uh, that you carry on the people who have impacted your lives forever. Uh, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to share uh, with others, your life, your experiences, uh, and just be open and honest with each other. And, and you can you can learn great things and, and really contribute to everybody across the way. It, it's so very true. This is would ultimately be a year and a half to two years experience or maybe the rest of our lifetime experience. I, I don't know. Everyone's experiences are a little bit different, but it is a commonality that we'll all have together, good, bad, or indifferent. But the other thing that you said that is, is so important is trying to cut cut everybody a little bit of slack. It, everybody is, is on different planes dealing with this, but we're all dealing with it. And maybe that's my big takeaway from our talk. And, and I try to continue to do a better job of just saying, look, 
they've been through something as, as well. Maybe my experience is not as bad as theirs or vice versa, but just being decent to each other is, is so important, pandemic or, or not. Right. But Jay, I, I hope that your family gets to go back to the Isle of Palms again this year and, and that things slowly are, are opening up all around the country. I want to thank you for your your input and your experience in sharing your, your thoughts about the pandemic, social media, and just being kinder to other people. So thank you very much for spending some time with us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. We're scheduled there to be there on June 19th for two weeks, and I cannot wait. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Well, I hope that those days come quickly and that your time there is, is well spent and have great weather. But guys, as we do, oh, and I put the link to Jay's firm's website in the show notes. So please reach out to him uh, about whatever it is that you that resonated with you uh, from Jay today. But as we do every Tuesday, Nomberg Law Live, we try to bring interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And if you didn't hear it today from Jay, then you're missing out. So please, thank you. Thank you for those who watched us live and who may watch us later on. We'll be back next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific with another conversation on Nomberg Law Live. Y'all continue to be safe. Have a good week.